7.35, you are with SFM 104-107. That's the choice of Colin Chitsungo from Peter Maritzburg saying, please play me my big fat juicy Sipo Mabuse, Sipo Hot Sticks Mabuse with Chikisa. So we hope that one made your day. Time for us to move into word domination and we move straight through into word domination with the South African-born hip-hop artist Emil Jansen. He's been in the States for a couple of years now and uh, he is uh, back in the country to do a whole bunch of things and one of them is to start something called the Heal the Hood Book Clubs which seems like the perfect project to be working on currently at the moment. Emil, a real pleasure to be chatting to you. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Emil, back in the country, uh, you are, uh-huh. you have been in the States. Just give us a brief update on what life has been like there and what it means to have come back here for a while with your kids as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the States have, has been interesting because it's been like, I've, I've had quite a bit of time to, um, to write. And so not only the book club that, we, that we're doing, but I'm also um, launching the Connect the String book that I've written about the connection between hip-hop culture and uh, First Nation Bushman expression. And um, so, so, yeah, when I'm on when, when, when that side, I have a lot of time to reflect. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, but obviously, you know, I'm also there because of my, my kids and my, my wife in the U.S., um, but it's been interesting because a lot of the, the people that I've worked with over the years in um, academia are in the, um, in the U.S. and working with people in, at UCT and UWC. So I get to communicate with that, that world um, uh, online quite often. So it's a different space to work in. Emil, you talk about uh, that being in the States gives you time to reflect. I suppose it's also the distance that gives you time to reflect. You yeah. then come back to South Africa and the big question then becomes the action that you yeah, exactly. have to take and use after the reflection. Talk to us about yeah. that action that you are engaging in here. Yeah, um, the book are, are local uh, local books that we are sharing with, with young people. So mm. it's books that have been written by local authors, a lot of them from the Cape Flats. And um, my my intention is to get... Um, what, I, what I see happens a lot of times, young people can't identify with the stories because mm. of the type of stories that are told on the Cape Flats. It's very flamboyant, very, very sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they're masters of telling stories, you know? And so a lot of... A lot of times people say our children don't want to read, and the reason is because of the content. You know, yeah. they, they, they can't identify with it. And so when I, while I was in the U.S., I came across um, one of these professors who was speaking about a culturally relevant pedagogy, which is essentially like the topic that the kids are confronted with actually has uh, that energy that they tell stories with. And so I searched up for, for, for people to do that, and like, you know, I've been in touch with that. As we know, Yusuf that uh, does the living liquor uh, story stories, and and I find that a lot of kids find that type of reading exciting because it's it's in the language they speak, and um, and and also that it's they there's the historic connection in the way that the story is being told, and um, so we've been trying to find authors that do similar things and getting them into different schools and different communities and just speaking to the authors also about the power of the story 
to actually create opportunities, you know. So um, that some the, and the, the example I give is like if you look at something like uh, Frozen, <laughs> which is a Hollywood, Hollywood-based um, animation, yeah. you find you find our kids have uh, lunch boxes and underwear and you know <laughs> whatever pillowcases and 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 the the economics that's generated from the story. Yeah. Is, is not seen by many authors yet. And the last, uh, we did the launch on at Birth House on the 16th, and a lot, a lot of authors that came there afterwards came to me and said, you know, we, until you mentioned that we have never ever looked at the power of the story to actually create these these products, whether it be dolls yeah. or whatever, that they're again also culturally relevant to the community. And the example I gave was the story of... Um, which is the creation story of the Bushman. Yeah. And my my mom actually created a doll from the animation character that um, that we created. And so they could see, you know, brought, brought the physical example of how the story could actually manifest into reality. And so that was interesting to see the reaction to that and the possibilities yeah. that could come from that. So. Emil, you talk about uh, creating these Heal the Hood um, books, book clubs. And part mm-hmm. of it is, and and you've highlighted it in certain ways, but part of it is around what you describe as the four R's. Talk yeah. to us uh, how you, you're going to be doing that. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of a, you know, hip-hop remix of everything. So it's a remix on the, the, the three R's of um, education. You know, yeah. that comes from the education background. And so the idea is that we have to, to, to uh, write our own stories. You know, to encourage the community, and especially now after COVID, we lost so many stories, so many yeah. people and elders that have, you know, all of our our heritage within that that memory, and so to encourage young people to actually, you know, not only um, read but to write, and so the first order is to to write our story, the second yeah. is to read our story. The third is the remuneration, the money connected to the power of the story that I just explained about how these products can come from the story, you know, yeah. and, and not only the story, but the ability to imagine solutions, you know, because yes. that's, I think, one of the things that's lacking in our country is the bringing, bringing solutions into reality. You know, I mean, yeah, 60 million people, I'm sure we could find a solution to this uh, luxury. It seems, it seems <laughs> like a lack of imagination. Exactly. And and also the, the lack of will, not only from um, the government officials, but also from the collective power of the country. Because in the same way that in the U.S. there's all these, these mass of people, but there's a, a um, really pol- polarized and divided nation, you know, whether it be a race or crime or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think collectively we, we haven't... We haven't looked because that's the, the thing about democracy is that collectively do have power to, to to show that you are actually the government, not these political parties. You could change them, and that's I think that's lacking in the dream of that's taking place. That people, when I came back, the first thing that struck me is this um, this wave of like uh, pessimism. You know, like we can't yeah. you, you can't find a solution. There's just no hope. And and I and I don't blame them because you know, just like everywhere you look things seem to be going wrong. But yeah. then at the same time it is we need to speak about the positive. We need to you know, we need to change the narrative. We need to actually hang out with the young people and see that they, they are they are driven and they're not what we keep saying they are. Yeah. You know. And, and so so I've, I've I've tried to um in these sessions when I speak to the kids to point out, you know, what is good about 
to your situation and, and how the good folk in Lavender and Mannenberg and another park are actually the majority. If they just take time to think about the fact that they aren't the one story being told about them. Yeah, that so there's other that there are other assets and other narratives and stories that are exactly. You, exactly. you you talk about your four hours. There's the writing, the reading, the remuneration. You spoke about that earlier. Like then, what is the product? Yeah, but, but the rehumanization is one that I, I find particularly yeah. potent. Talk to us about that. Yeah, yeah. The, the rehumanization is what these stories do. They give you. They they bring back your humanity, your mm. your sense of ancestry, your sense of self worth. And, and when people address issues of gangsterism and crime on the case flats, a lot of the times they don't they don't start with the narrative of what is the problem that makes makes a person want to do this to themselves, wants to be involved in something that could potentially kill them. And that is really based on the lack of sense of self worth, the lack mm. of sense of, of heritage and pride. You know, and so when we speak to young people reading um, the content of Afrikaans and telling them this language that you're speaking has Kriki, Kwakatak, and Aitsa, and, you know, the same old Bushman heritage that's part of your language, the cliques that is, that is being used in Isitosa are actually from that same heritage. And so you guys sitting in this class, you have this common denominator that you are similar, you are the same uh, historically. And so they shouldn't be this divide in the way that you think about yourself. And so now young kids are like talking to each other and, and discussing like, you know, the, the, the issues that I think is being put on the back burner mm. um, as about the humanity and the sense of self worth. And, and and I think it's also again the lack of, of, of wanting to dream uh, about solutions that people can't see that you can create the animation of these First Nation stories, you know. Um, that there are stories about um, Ashley Creole and Anton France and Colin Williams from the Cape Flats that, you know, struggled for the liberation of this country. So it, so it, makes, it places it locally and, and, you know, Ruth First and all of the other uh, um, struggle heroes that are not mentioned that needs to be brought to, brought to the forefront so we can see that as a, as a collective nation yeah. we, we fought for the liberation, not certain groups and the tribalism or the race um, conversations that are at the forefront at the moment. And so, so a lot of the rehumanization for me is a lack of access to this information. And, and, and the funny thing that's happened now recently is this conversation about the little mermaid in the media. Yes, <laughs> I saw that, yeah. You know, and so again, as um, Tony Morrison mentioned, the white days that we see the world from, and so it's almost impossible for someone to feel uh, empathy for you if they've never seen your story or cried for your story. I've cried since my birth for stories <laughs> that are essentially white folk stories, you know. Yeah. And so I have empathy. But if you never see black people in the same light and you can't cry for them, you can't, uh, there is no empathy because they, you never, you've never seen their story. You've never um, been confronted with their humanity. And so for me, the, it's not about um, that this, the, 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 the person seeing this is like, no, it has to be a white mermaid. It's that they just, unfortunately, their whole life, this is the only lens they've seen yeah. stories being told, you know. And they can't comprehend that not being the case. You know? And but actually the, what was so brilliant about it was if you followed it on on social media, what you saw was he has this little black black little mermaid and all mm-hmm. the young kids who were watching it, and when they realized 
that yes. it was a black Little Mermaid, how excited yes. they got. And exactly. those little faces where their mouths just dropped open. They're like, yeah, yeah it's a... And it's, and it's, yeah, it's, it's about the inclusion, about feeling that you are also represented. You know? Yeah. And I was laughing at Kevin Miller who was saying that, you know, everybody's talking about this, but like the deeper story is about this, uh, this uh, person giving up the who they are fundamentally to be something else. <laughs> She's got a good point about that. You know, that this moment wants to be you know, yeah. something like that. <laughs> Emil, um, anyway. if people want to find out more about the Heal the Hood project and the book clubs, um, how do they do that? How do they get involved? How do they participate? Yeah, if they're in Cape Town um, at the moment, then they can come through to the um, book launch um, at Surplus Books at 2, 2 p.m. today, it's in 32 Albert Street. Yeah. Um, and, you know, see what, what it's all about. Um, if they go onto uh, Facebook, uh, Yieldwood Project, they can see the work that we do. Um, we are asking, and I've been doing this while I was away, um, we started a GoFundMe to get people to buy the PDF of, of a lot of books. And then when they buy the PDF, we uh, print a hard copy. You know, yeah. and we uh, share that hard copy with the various schools that we're in at the moment. Um, so that's that's one way they can get involved. And then also those interested in starting a book club in their community. And you know, for us, it's just about the focus of it being having a, a, a local. Um, the intention of that is a local, a local book club. You know, yeah. so if, if you're interested in, in, in joining with us, and I, our idea is that the books uh, take as much as possible and that's what we do here in kitchen people borrow books around yeah, not exactly. the best thing that you're the one that purchased it but ultimately the story gets to move around as much as possible yeah. and so you know even if you we, we, we will we'll be up in Johannesburg as well in um, albeit the, the South African Hip Hop Museum on the 25th of um, September yeah and so, you know, people want to pop around there as well to come and check what the book club is all about. And those who, who are, wherever there's people that are in need, we're trying to look at the ones who have um, to, to find ways that they can share with the ones who yeah. don't have. And I mean, it's easy the situation where you do get a copy of the, the PDF, and then wherever, wherever you suggest we uh, donate the hard copy, we will, we will do that. So Fantastic. that's the way that. Emil, always a real pleasure to chat to you. Emil Johnson, he is an artist, a South African-born hip-hop artist. Uh, Black Noise was his outfit, but he's also a great author and someone who really, really understands the role of um, how we use reading and how we use literature to rethink, reimagine, reshape, and as he says, rehumanize our world as well. Staying with word domination and uh, looking at events and words that can support events as well. So the Parkview Library is going to be supported by something called the Park Words event, the Park Words Festival. And all proceeds from this festival are going to look at the refurbishment and renovation of the Parkview Library. What is the event all about? And let's uh, get some of the details. On the line is one of the organisers, Kate Johns. Kate, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks for having me on the show. Kate, let's uh, talk about this uh, Parkwards event. It took place a couple of years back before COVID, and now you are back with a whole bunch of very different uh, events focusing on supporting the library in your neighbourhood and in your community. 
Yes, we are. We're very excited. I mean, Parkwoods last took place in 2019, and this year's event is a full heritage festival that includes Parkwoods, which is the literary festival that people are very familiar with. But this time around, we bring in everything for the entire family, embracing culture and diversity. There's music, jazz bands, the local schools will be performing. There's theatre, there's food, there's book sales. We've got an art exhibition. There's a curated market. There's a blood drive, pet adoption, teen zone, kid zone. I mean, it's a full day of activities in the Tyrone precinct. Uh, Tyrone Avenue will be closed down for the day. And um, it's open to anybody who wants to come along um, to be part of the festivities. Kate, this is something that can happen uh, in any community. And I think that's what I like, is that when a community gets together and they look at supporting something like their local library, Talk to us about what the library means for the people of Parkview and why it's critical to support it in different ways. Well, it's such an institution in our community and so many people use it. And, you know, we have a very active Friends of the Library Committee um, and it's in desperate need of of an upgrade. It just connects people um, to um, our community. It's a public service provided by the city of Johannesburg. And when you see the number of children who come in on a daily basis to interact with the librarians and and the library itself, it's wonderful. And we want to continue that. Apart from all the entertainment, there are going to be, as you mentioned, book sales um, from Love Books, exclusive books as well. There's also going to be a series of conversations uh, with authors, journalists and academics. Talk to us about that. Yes, so we have um, a three-time slot, 9.30 to 10.30, 11 to 12, 2.30 to 3.30. There are 16 panels, discussions that are being held across the different venues in the Tyrone precinct. Um, we've got a bit of everything. Uh, we try to cater for everybody. We've got a wonderful committee that's put this together. Um, we've got discussions around Bitcoin, um, how the inner city of Johannesburg's changed. It's the centenary of the 1922 miners' strike. We've got an interesting talk around that. Um, Anton Harvard leading, leading a discussion on the state of the nation. Uh, readers and listeners might be familiar with the Katie Gale Cozy Crime series. There's a chat about that. Uh, we've got a couple of authors talking about the craft of storytelling. We've got a very impactful session on the war in Ukraine that's being led by Greg Mills and um, Andrew Harding from the BBC. Um, I'm just trying to think what else we've got. I'm looking at my notes. Uh, High Commissioner Lord Alfred Milner, Richard Stane's written a new book. He'll be in conversation with David Williams. And then we've also got, um, you know, book sales and book clubs and the way people interact with literature has changed so much during COVID. So we've got a great chat with uh, or discussion with Arthur Goldstrack, Terry Morris from Pam Macmillan, Griffin Shea and Lorraine Satoli. Um, if people want more information on the program, they can always go to our Love Parkview Facebook page where the full program is up for um, people's interest. Okay, that sounds fantastic. That's uh, Kate Johns. Uh, go look it up. The project is called the Parkwoods Festival, and it really is in support of the Parkview Library. Wherever you are, you could get together with your community and do exactly that. Support your local library.